Welcome back to Bleacher Brawls, the home of the greatest rivalry in professional sports between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. Tonight is a Red Sox episode, our Thursday night, Friday morning Sox episodes with uh, myself, Pat, and Derek, and Luke, and apparently also Derek, which is really throwing me off. But that's Joey mess with us for the second week in a row. Lots of fun stuff to talk about, including the fact that um, apparently I have no idea how to use this editing system. And I thought everything was fine, but nobody else heard it. And it's also the one-year anniversary of Bleacher Brawls. Today, the day of this recording, was the day that we uh, listened. Uh, we, we, we posted our very first episode. I listened back to it today, and boy, we all sound so much younger and, and, and happier and significantly more uh, optimistic. Uh, we're going to jump into all of it now, folks. But first, our first pitch. I check in with these guys, see what they're doing, uh, catch up with them, see what's going on. Uh, Luke, I will start with you. Give me your first pitch. My voice changed between in the last year from our first episode and now. I was much more high-pitched back then. So it's it's. I'm glad to finally have hit puberty at 41. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm doing good. It was a huge day for my five-year-old, my youngest daughter. She had her pre-K graduation this morning, uh, and she had a tumbling recital. Tumbling, it's gymnastics for all those of you who aren't familiar with activities that, uh, five-year-old children do. But, um, she had, it was a mixed bag for her at her graduation ceremony this morning. Everyone in the graduating class of five-year-olds was assembled on bleachers and they had a song to sing and all with motions like they're pointing to their head and they're flexing their muscles and stuff like that and my daughter is um just as um just as socially outgoing as her old man i guess because she didn't sing a lyric she sat there she sat there with her mouth shut and her arms up like this like a t-rex and uh, her 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 teachers were encouraging her to sing, sing, and she just shook her head with a frown on her face, like no, she was very scared. Um, but uh, she kicked butt and tumbling. She's doing cartwheels and um, somersaults and rollovers and bridges uh, at a six at a six year old level. Uh, so uh, big day for me. I'm proud papa today, and um, um, just. Trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do for the next three months because I work from home, my wife works from home, and I've got nowhere to send my children. Joey, I would assume that you never had a problem singing during the school assembly. I was known to have a couple solos way back. Yeah, so uh, I definitely uh, definitely enjoyed the performative aspects of school, especially when I was a little kid. uh, Anyway, for my first pitch, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, so I'm, I'm back home trying to really like get back into the swing of things. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Chris Isaac. Do you guys know this this singer, Chris Isaac? <laughs> for some reason, I don't know what's happened Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. I've, yeah. I've been cutting up his uh, greatest hits albums. It's I, I'm really digging that, so I've really got into Chris Isaac this week. Um, I'm doing some work at a lot. <laughs> Chris Isaac is probably 68 years old <laughs> right now. I'm just I think that's so funny. I remember when he got 
big. He he was he was one of those guys who he he had the music videos in black and white with him making out with the hot chick on the beach and stuff like that. Like he was he's he sixty six years old. <laughs> he was a superstar for a minute there. Yeah, yeah, and now I've just discovered him, and uh, you know, he, pretty good, pretty good stuff, and uh, playing a lot of poker. You know, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but I'm a pretty good poker player. You know, I've made some serious cash for the last couple of weeks. Been doing some actual work now. Now, unlike Pat, my work actually—I actually have work in the summer. You know, I don't take a break the whole summer. <laughs> so, Neither do I. But go ahead. So you know, I've been working. I've been working eight hours every week. Oof, that's rough. That's eight, hours, eight hours a week, man. I mean. I uh, I teach summer school every summer, Joey. And in fact, just got my uh, my contract sent over yesterday, so I'll be doing it again this summer. I'm sure they're all excited to see you. Yeah, you know, summer school is uh, a place where nobody wants to be, me or them. <laughs> so we try and get through the best we can. There's no rules, though. I'm sure you're showing up to summer school in, like, gym shorts and flip-flops and... <laughs> You know, it, it sort of devolves into that over the course yeah. of the summer. Yeah, yeah. First day, you know, you're looking all nice, and by August 10th, it's like, please just stop showing up. Let's let's hear uh, a solo. Let's hear a solo, Joey. <laughs> Joey, I no, want to hear a not. solo, a Chris Isaac solo. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll give you a solo later. Look, all I want to fall in love. Speaking of summer school, main room, Luke. Derek, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing all right. I mean, besides the uh, fact that my sleep schedule is still non-existent. Um, Joey was bugging me about wake. I woke up at six thirty p.m. today, so I had to listen to this for ten minutes before the pod. Yes. So can we please not rehash all of it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I didn't have to do any popcorn sealing this week, so yippee. Um, I'm past that, I think. Um, so that's good for me. Um. And then, yeah, I mean, she spent a, a week of trying to relax. This is, I'm kind of using this week a little bit as like a cool down week. Uh, I'm not trying to lose my mind this week. Um, we didn't have Yankees recording on Tuesday night because uh, no one was really available. So I've just kind of been taking this week and go, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit light this week and then kind of get back on the horse next week and go kind of full drive into it. That's because Cassim couldn't possibly. Uh, face the crew after just the ass whooping I'm giving him in fantasy this week. For a guy doing all that trash talking in the draft, he is garbage, guys. And uh, I just feel like he just couldn't uh, couldn't possibly show his face to the Bleacher Brawls crew. Derek, you take every week lightly. <laughs> <laughs> that is not true. You that sleep is not into- true. How could you? How could you possibly say that you don't take the week lightly when you sleep the whole day? That doesn't mean I don't do stuff during the night. All right. So speaking of taking things lightly, Nick Pavetta has been moved to the bullpen. And Joey, I'm going to start with you because I know you're a big fan of Nicky P. You were there last year uh, when he whooped the Astros and and Luke. You know, proclaimed him to be the ace of the staff. You were, I'm on the Pavetta train, and now uh, he's gotten bumped for the Corey Klubers and the Tanner Houks of the world. 
the James Paxtons of the world too. Uh, I want to start with you, your thoughts on Pavetta to the pen. You know, I really like Nikki P. Um, uh, I'm still a little burnt about him being kicked out of the rotation, but it it just seemed like he was the only option to go. Um, He has made a number of starts for us. He's been absolutely consistent the last two or three years in making his starts. It's just that they're not good starts anymore, and he's really, really deteriorated. The one good thing with Pavetta was that he was inconsistent, but he was consistently inconsistent. He would have three bad starts in a row, but then he would have three good starts. Now they're just all bad. So he had to go, but I did kind of like the, uh, I, I don't know. I, I did kind of like how much of a, of a bore he was being with everyone. Oh, I'm going back to the rotation. You're not going to stop me. Like I'm going to start like, I, I don't know. I just kind of enjoyed him just being like a total, total, horses you know what to every reporter for no reason you know that story he uh apparently some reports someone asked a reporter uh you know i think pavetta's going to be going to be the starter that's going to the bullpen pavetta apparently went and found him was like what's up dude why are you saying that about me guy like what made you say that man like and confronted him about it like that's so insecure like he's so insecure i'm i'm digging it i'm digging it yeah, I got the kick out of it this week when uh, you know he pitches on Tuesday night. Wednesday they tell him he's going to the pen, and Wednesday he's already sitting in the bullpen. He knows he's not going to pitch. He pitched the night before, Thursday off day. He's just sitting out there for basically no reason. And somebody asked him, like, hey, why did you start sitting out there already? And he was like, well, I'm a bullpen pitcher now. Like, that's where I belong. That's what I deserve. <laughs> like, you got it. <laughs> You gotta I get love- out of your head, man. This is the exact reason you're in the bullpen. <laughs> Do you not love that? I love this new edge. He's like the most intense guy in baseball. It's not new. He's uh he's been a psychopath for a long time. Luke. Yeah, the guy's crazy. Um, and it's not a good thing. I mean, all starting pitchers, all good starting pitchers are crazy. So I actually kind of think he has a leg up in in that respect. But it's he's just got I mean, he's not just crazy in his head. His body is crazy and he can't control what his arms and legs are going to do at any given moment. Like he's a spastic kind of dude. So it doesn't make well for I mean, for someone who's your margin for error is razor thin as a starting pitcher, especially. Uh, So, I mean, when you're so jittery like that, I think you're you're you know, it's not a good it's not going to speak well for your chances of being a starting pitcher. Um, I just have to say, Nick, it's not your fault. <laughs> what does that mean? It's entirely his fault. No, it's, it's I don't want to hear fault. it, Sean. Not from you. Not from <laughs> you. It's not your fault. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, his body is crazy. Can we clip that? That uh, Luke just said, Nick Pavetta's body is crazy. <laughs> Yes, it, it is. <laughs> I mean that. I just, I, I, I just marked word. the clip, so we got it. We got it all set. He means that in, in every a sense way. of the word. Mark that yes. too. Um, look, I understand the move. I do. He's been the him and Kluber have been the worst pitcher starting pitchers uh, in the last couple weeks. But I don't think it's the right move. I prefer Tanner Houck as a relief pitcher. Um, Houck can shut down any team for an inning or two, or even three. Pavetta's struggles happen at any time. So I prefer Hauk's, you know, relief pitcher dominance uh, potential uh, to Pavetta's theoretical success. Oh, Pavetta 
can't do can't really do well for six innings, so let's put him in a relief role. Well, Pavetta is just as liable to blow up in the first as in the fourth or fifth, whereas Hauk, you know, is going to give you two or three good innings before he blows up. It's familiarity, you know, second, third time in the order. That's when um, hitters get to him. And I don't think Pavetta's velo is going to increase at all in the pen because his fastball and his curveball command for that matter, are already erratic when he's hanging out at 94 miles an hour with his fastball. So I don't think he's going to come in from the bullpen and shoot up to 97 because he's only throwing an inning or two because it's, I mean, he's going to be even more wild. Didn't he up, used to be up to like 98, 99? Was it, I don't think was he so. Ever close to I don't I remember think him pitching 95 is his like ceiling. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but... I don't think he gets up over 95. Uh, to your point, Luke, it looks, yeah, I mean, Pavetta's stats are pretty much, uh, his first innings are terrible this year. Uh, he's got an 11.25 ERA in the first inning of baseball games this year. Um, second and third innings look all right, but then fourth jumps back up to a 10.12. Uh, and that's what that is, is that's guys early in the order. That's one, two, three, four guys uh, uh, beating him. So what are we looking at with him in the bullpen? Are we looking at him in a piggyback role? Hauk goes three innings and then Pavetta goes three innings? Is that what everyone thinks we're going to see? Derek? I don't know. Um, They said multi-inning reliever, but multi-inning reliever could literally just mean two innings and then you pitch every, you know, third day or something like that. Um, or around that, right? That That's what makes it a little bit tough because multi-inning reliever, that's like super broad. That could be mean, that could mean use him as a long reliever, like kind of an old school long reliever where you have him eat three or four innings, could make a spot start here or there if needed. Uh, I go back to a little bit in 2011, how good Alfredo Aceves was. Um, and like that old school kind of long reliever that's lost its way in baseball, but could be useful, especially if you are worried about your starters not going deep into games. A guy like that could be useful. Um, but maybe they fire him up and say, you're going to, we'll give you an inning, maybe two innings, and we're going to let you go. And do I, is, Vila's not really going to jump. This year's fastball Vila, I think, is actually down a little bit by a mile an hour, so on average. Um, so maybe he can get back up to like the 95, 96 instead of being 93, 94 um, in the pen, but... Uh, I, I think maybe it could also help with command being the pen. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he has. I know he's came out of the pen once with the Red Sox before in Washington. It was one game. Um, I think maybe he did in the postseason two and 21, but I think he also did a little bit when he was with, in Philly when he wasn't really playing well there. Uh, he but, did it uh, 22 yeah. games in Philly where he pitched to a 6-12 ERA. Yeah, he sucked. And batters early. had a, I just had it in front of me, where is it? Uh oh, I've lost. Oh no, here it is. A nine fourteen OPS against him. <laughs> so, so he's everybody. Terrible. Everybody is like, like Bryce Harper when <laughs> when they face him <laughs> as a reliever. Everybody. So here's the thing. Don't doesn't everybody feel better with especially with John Schreiber on the IL now? Who knows how long, at least fifteen days? Who knows how long it's going to be? Because it's one of those. One of those, uh, you know, vague, he's got a lat strain. Um, does, wouldn't everybody feel better with Tanner Houck and that slider being in the bullpen for the seventh or yes. eighth innings than with Nick Pavetta and his 
who the hell knows if he's gonna dot his fastball or if he's gonna throw it over over the guy over the hitter's head every time. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm a Hulk all the way. I think um, that'll be an interesting one when uh, Whitlock comes back, which is a phrase that I feel like I say a lot on this show um, because he always seems to be coming back. Uh, they've made it very clear they want Whitlock to be a starter. Uh, you know, the, the fans have made it clear in our uneducated opinions, how we feel about that. I think that, you know, Hauk's going to get bumped for Whitlock. Uh, and then you got, you got them both back there. Uh, it's definitely, it's, it's a weird, like positive problem to have where you have like too many guys, but you have too many guys because you also have like Corey Kluber taking up a spot. Yeah. I would rather going to be there too. Sorry, Jordan. in the rotation, yeah. I mean, they've made that pretty clear. Oh, I thought you were saying in the bullpen. I thought you were. No, I saying... think no, he's bumping Hauk. When he comes back, that's I when Hauk. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you're fine, Joey. Um, I, I, I just don't Pavetta as a starter for me. I mean, Pavetta as a reliever for me. I think has to be like a garbage man, or it has to be like maybe a step up from a gar- like a high quality garbage man, because he obviously you guys said he doesn't pitch well in the first inning. And his only like Pavetta's je ne sais quoi, his 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 thing, his raison d'etre is being able to pitch for a long time all the time, right? So we oui, we, oui. so it's like he's a stamina guy. So I mean, the only times I see him working is like maybe like you're down three runs, it's the third inning, and you want to put out a guy that shows you're not completely quitting on the game, but. You know, if he screws it up, it's not that big of a deal. That That's the role I see Pavetta going in is like maybe the tear up garbage man. Um, as for Hauk, geez, I was, I was, I went to a Red Sox game. I went on a, what day is today? Today is Thursday. I think I went on Monday. Yeah, I went on Monday and Hauk was Ooh, pitching. That's a rough one to go to. Yeah. Brutal game to go to. Just no entertainment at all. And Hauk is like perfect through four innings. And I, I look over to my dad and I go, it's the fifth inning, watch. And then, I mean, like clockwork, fifth inning, boom, crushed, destroyed. And it wasn't just, I mean, he wasn't giving up cheap hits either. Even the outs were all hard hit. He got out of that game relatively unscathed because after the fifth inning, every piece of contact the Orioles, uh, not the Orioles, the uh, Mariners, Mariners made was rock hard i mean it was like all 100 100 mile per hour velo i mean they were crushing it and he got really lucky so you know he's got to stop with the nobody's gonna call him out for that i'm sorry like you make that comment about about luke and like you just get away with rock hard (laughs) i didn't even nobody's gonna say anything i heard him say it yeah i i heard him but i also didn't process like Go, I didn't go. process like, it. Come on. All right. Wait, anyway, wait, go wait, ahead. What are, you, what are you talking about? You said Tanner Houck was rock hard. No, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> That's the oldest trick in the book. All right. Go to finish whatever you said. Clip it. <laughs> I, I'm taking this now. All right. No, I'm taking it now. Um, Take it. Here, here's why I think Houck stays in the rotation, is staying in the rotation over Pavetta. I think the Red Sox are more confident. They can get at least four innings from Houck. Of solid, of good pitching. Whereas with Pavetta, his struggles in the first inning have shown this year that, like, 
do they know if they can get a start with him going for even four innings without with being solid? I think you get a better chance of Hauk doing that. I know Hauk has had some struggles in the fifth inning in his starts or the third time through. But if Hauk can give you four and then you give him, let's say, a Pavetta coming out of the pen or Cutter Crawford or someone like that, and you use two guys and then that, they go two innings out of the pen, now you've used two pitchers and you've gone through six innings, which is the same thing as a starter going five and one a reliever coming in for one inning. Right. So what does so, that look like then? You 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 take Hauk out, you let Hauk start, and then you take him out after three and put in Pavetta. No, after or four. You just after four, okay. Or so do you do that? You don't even give him a chance to get a win, or do you just wait for him to get knocked around and give up a couple runs? Because I feel like if you do it that way, that's just a recipe for failure. You're still doing. You put the him on a short leash. You screwed before. You Isn't put him on a short they... lease third time through the order. The third time so through then, the order. Maybe, and then you it's... maybe get Pavetta coming in in the fourth inning with what, the bases loaded? To no, you don't use Pavetta team? with base guys on base. You use a reliever to get out of the, a regular reliever to get out of the inning, and then you bring Pavetta right on a clean inning. inning and have him go too. That that's work. how you would do it. Isn't that what the Rays used to do with Blake Snell? I mean, they would only let him go four or five innings max, pretty much. Because after that, he was spent. So what the Rays do with everybody? No, they don't. Well, they do let McClanahan go deep now, but they won't. They won't let. Uh, they won't let guys I mean, go like three times through the order. Whatever they do, time. whatever they do, I want the Red Sox to do. Just do whatever. <laughs> have the Rays have do. good. Have like ten good starting pitchers in your in your. Uh, Hey, yeah, we're, we're, on it. we're getting there. I know. To be fair, the Rays' rotation is decimated with but... injuries right now. They the Rays' pitching do, staff is injuries. When cooler. Duval and Kluber come back, it's gonna be like there's gonna be two teams. There's gonna be the starting team, and there's gonna be the the mid game team, and they're gonna change those team. Those shifts are gonna change every single night. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we should just do like uh, we should just do rotation, not a rotation. We should just do shifts. Every guy gets three innings. Like like t- ten man rotation, like three in little league, <laughs> yeah, like in little league. All right, everyone's got to get three innings. Come on, Pablo. You're, you're exactly. in. I would just like to say, I doesn't um, let you go more than three. You know, I I think we might have cut the wrong guy because uh, Ryan Brazier in his career has a zero point zero zero ERA as a starter. So I think maybe we true. just weren't using him correctly. That is true. No, you know what? no. When no, who we weren't using correctly? IL, who was who was sending the meme of the Undertaker sit up? Like when Schreiber went on the IL, <laughs> a lot of people were like Schreiber went down, and then it was like Brazier, and it was the Undertaker doing his sit up. <laughs> I do want <laughs> to like, point out that oh, that, no, he's that is back. just literally one game, one inning. He was just an opener once, <laughs> and he did. He happened to not give up a run. Um, any other thoughts on our, uh, carousel of starting pitchers and bullpen? yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one in, Go. I'll throw one in, I'll throw a little bit of a minor league touch on this because I think this is very important in terms of their rotation here. You got a lot of guys in AAA right now. Johan just got called up to AAA. You have Walter and Murphy who have struggled. Matt has struggled and has been injured. I want to talk about Matt though real quick because He's guy who he has no more options after this year. The Red Sox can't send him down after this year. So they have to figure it out with him ASAP, whether he's going to be a starter, a reliever, or maybe he becomes a deadline a guy who gets traded at the deadline or in the soft season. Because they can't send him down next season after spring training. So he would have to make the MLB roster, or he'll go on waivers and someone will claim him. 
which would definitely happen. So the White Sox have a lot of have a decision like that that they're going to have to make, and it could affect this year's team. Um, and Matt is on the injured list right now. I think I'm starting to think that it could affect this year's team because he might have to get called up at some point, and they, I think there's a chance it could end up being as a reliever because he struggled massively with walks in AAA, and his control has not been great. Um, but that's something to watch for this pitching staff. And as we get closer to the trade deadline, he could also be a guy that gets moved and to bring in a piece back. Luke, I will, uh, this, oh, go sorry. Ahead. Oh, I will say, since we're closing on this topic, we've all seen great flashes from Pavetta. I wish somebody here had seen it firsthand, Pavetta doing really well, but I don't know anybody who was in attendance at Fenway Park when Pavetta had a really good start. So, I mean, that's a shame, but I've seen it on TV. We've all seen great flashes of Nick Pavetta as a starter. Him moving to the bullpen, everybody who's positive about it is just thinking about that one, those two good innings against the Rays in the playoffs and him stomping off the mound. You know, he's never really done this well. (laughs) You were there at both of them, weren't you? We... We don't really know what he can do as a relief pitcher. We've seen that he can be a great starter. What if he really is only a starter two away from figuring out as a starting pitcher? And now we're putting him in the bullpen to to fill a role that he's never really done well for an extended period in his career. How should be the guy in the bullpen? You could also, though, real quick, you could say the same argument about how can him, he might be a starter too. Mitch Keller, look at, he's been in the big leagues for what, four years now? And he's but just now figuring it out how, as a starter. But we've how seen how be... as a really good relief pitcher, though. That's the point. Oh, no, I'm aware of that. But I'm just saying if this this year is technically for Red Sox a little bit of a transition year in terms of their tra- transitioning from their, from their core last year to their core this year, doesn't mean you can't win. But it's still a, technically a transition year. Why This is the year to try Hauk in the rotation if you do think he can be a starter. I, I know Pat wants to go, so I'm going to give it to him really quickly. But... Hauk, you have to give Hauk more credit than that. Hauk went like a record amount of starts without giving up three or more runs or something. You know, like he 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 goes out there and, and does perform. He is more than just like not finding it. You know, he, he finds it. He just has some trouble getting past the fifth inning. But he does do what he's asked for mostly. We have a, a lot to cover tonight, so we're going to move on. And we're going to actually, I think, skip our next question. And maybe if folks have some notes on that, they can kind of sprinkle them out throughout tonight's show. Because I think our our game tonight really ties into this conversation. Uh, we want to play Who Gives a Buck? Uh, pretty simple concept. I asked these guys, how many bucks do you give about blank? They gave me a scale of 1 to 10, okay, uh, if you've never heard the game before. And I want to do this with some of our old friends, some of our former starting pitchers. This idea popped into my head because I have two of them on my fantasy team, and they've both been really good. (laughs) And I thought, damn, I would like to have them on the Boston Red Sox right now and not just on uh, Joe Kelly Fight Club. So uh, I'm going to do a little who gives a buck uh, about Eduardo Rodriguez, Michael Walker, and Nathan Navaldi. So everybody knows what's coming. Okay, I want to start with – Let's start with Eddie, our old pal. The guy, it's it's been a while since we've seen him. He was kind of just kind of disappeared from Detroit last year, but he's had a pretty good season so far. And the Red Sox uh, have the 28th best starter ERA in Major League Baseball, a 5.75. So, Luke, uh, how many bucks do you give about Eddie Rodriguez pitching for the Detroit Tigers? Uh, do you do you wish uh, he was still in a Boston uniform? 
No, I give zero bucks and about 44 cents about Eduardo Rodriguez no longer being on the Red Sox. I was fine seeing him go. You can check the archives. In fact, please do check the archives, especially if you're not a bot. Um, Check the archives and hear me say, uh, talk about how all Eduardo Rodriguez's career in Boston was nothing but unrealized potential. He was a pretty good pitcher, but he was always kind of dangled as maybe he could be the next number one or number two, and he never got there. Uh, he, I think he's just the big moments just get too big for him. The game speeds up for him when it's a really big spot. I, I mean, look, he literally, he's on the Detroit Tigers. He's on an awful team now. He literally quit on the Detroit Tigers last season and went home. I have no idea why. So if it's something, a serious issue or something, then I apologize for saying that, but I haven't heard about what that was. Last I heard, it was just unreported. He just left. How can you trust him when you're in a big market and you're, you're a general ma- a, a president of baseball operations like Heim Bloom is like, all right, the fans want my head right now. I've got to, you know, this team has to perform. Um, I think Eduardo Rodriguez's dream is to, he's living his dream right now, to be the ace of an awful team. He wants adulation without expectation. So I give zero bucks of Eduard, about Eduardo Rodriguez not being with the Red Sox. This is not the city for him to play in. Joey, uh, our old pal Eddie has a 2.06 ERA this year. Uh, how many bucks do you give? I, like my good friend Luke, give zero, zero bucks. Um, I was not big on keeping him in the first place. Uh, I know I, we can ask Derek. I'm sure he'll tell us in a second who was the uh, draft pick we actually used. Uh for the compensation, who was the draft pick we actually acquired. Uh, but I don't care. Can you imagine? I mean, first of all, if we had signed him, can you imagine if he did what he did in Detroit to us last year? If he just gotten up and left? He'd be the most hated man in Boston. <laughs> so, like, he'd be Kyrie Irving. People would be talking about him like <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Yeah, do you remember that guy that just left for six months? Like he would, you would have venom coming out of everyone's mouth when it came to Eduardo Rodriguez. So I'm glad he's gone because I can't even imagine that situation. So no, getting rid of him was good. This is interesting. I brought him up because you know I, I had complicated feelings about him leaving in November 2021. I never really figured out how I felt about it, and I still kind of don't really know how I feel about it. You guys seem pretty definitive. Derek, uh, I'm interested. Am I the only one on the fence here? How many bucks do you give? Uh, you guys might hate me for this. This is a nine for me. And, and this is a nine in the sense of... This is a nine in the sense of... I am so happy that Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching well. I'm so, Because he had... 2020, he was supposed to be the opening day starter. And then he got myocarditis, right? And then he, was, he could have been the opening day starter in 2021. And... Uh, and that wouldn't happen now either, right? And then I I, th- I think for him, he had a good 2019. And then I always felt that he could be a very good middle rotation guy, like a very good number three in the rotation. He's never going to be great, but he'll be, he can be good. And for a guy who, seeing him pitch well, and then also having all the personal issues last year and the stuff that went on, obviously don't really know exactly what happened, but still it's enough where he missed t- significant time last year. 
and he did struggle when he did pitch last year, just to see him back to his best is it's it's really great to see. And I'm I'm that's I'm super happy to see it. Um and the Tigers haven't been bad as of late. Um they started the year two and nine. They're seventeen and thirteen since. So is does that sound amazing? No, but guess what? They're only what, three games out of their division right now? They're three games back of Minnesota. Tigers aren't as bad as people think they are. Um and, and Ronald Rodriguez is, is a big reason games, because of that. How many games out is who is fifth in that division? Is it the Royals, I assume? Yes, How they're ten and a half out. They? They're ten, 10 and, and a half, half out? Oh, okay. Because it's a bad They're division. fourteen and thirty one. Oh yeah. But I mean the Tigers at nineteen and twenty two after starting two and nine, I'd say is very solid. And for a team that had very low expectations coming into the year, I mean who knows, right? Who knows what I could agree happen with, with them? I would agree with you in that, look, I don't hold him any ill will. I'm glad he's doing well with the crappy team, but if he was with us, I think he would be, he would have Kluber numbers. Uh, let's do the next one. Uh, Nasty Nate. Nathan Evaldi. Uh, once again, this clued into this one because he's on my fantasy team. In our scoring system, he's the 20th best player in the league right now. Uh, he has a 2.83 ERA, a whip below one, and a uh, 6 to 1 K to walk ratio. Joey, how many bucks do you give about uh, Nasty Nate being uh, the ace of a team that has Jacob DeGrom on it? I give nine bucks. Um, I really liked Evaldi. I wanted to keep Evaldi. I, you know, we got Kluber. It's, it seems like it was sort of a him or Kluber decision. And uh, we obviously made the wrong call. So uh, Evaldi, you know, was his velocity was going down last year. I don't know if that was maybe he, he was taking the gas off to prepare to go into free agency. Maybe he was fighting off injuries. I don't know. But his velocity's back. And, you know, I picked the Rangers this year, guys. I told you. I said, I love the Rangers this year. I love their roster. And Avaldi has performed very well. So I give $9. I would have rather had him than Cleveland. <laughs> Nine physical dollars for, for being on this show tonight. That's, uh, that's not the I, game. You can't give dollars. <laughs> I try, I try and neither go last or not go at all because I'm hosting and let these guys do their spiel. But I cannot let that shit stand, Joey. I'm sorry. Um, I... I think we've figured out by process of elimination that he was the cancer in the clubhouse last year that said crazy stuff to everybody, especially Cassis, that didn't want to be there. They offered him a good deal, and he took less money so that he could leave and go to Texas. So I'm at, like, one. I mean, I, I he's pitching great. I would love – him basically over Kluber, right? Uh, but um, he didn't want to be here, and he didn't like anybody here. So I don't know. That doesn't. We have great chemistry this year, and uh, I don't know. It seems not like something I want around. Well, Pat, I know you love him physically, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, yeah, you a, got me there. As a clubhouse presence, you know, you can call him a cancer or whatever. You know, Xander Bogarts was also pretty much a cancer at the end of last year too, right? We'll get there. And there was a lot of other issues going on. Everyone was everyone was in a bad mood. He was on our 2018 team. You know, he was fine then. He wasn't an issue then, right? I feel like everyone, once they leave, becomes suddenly a clubhouse cancer. Like, Renfro was a clubhouse cancer. Evaldi's a clubhouse cancer. 
But what I will say about Evaldi, JD, yeah. What I will say about Evaldi is Vasquez. You know, Nobody liked that guy. What an asshole. Consider, oh, don't get me started on Vasquez. <laughs> considering Cass's performance this year, maybe we needed Evaldi, you know, giving him some stern talk <laughs> in the back. Maybe we need a little maybe we need some some hazing back on this team because you know, maybe I think Cassis is taking his uh, duties a little too lackadaisical. So maybe it was good we had some vets, you know, laying down the law. You know, being a curmudgeon isn't always bad, Pat. You should know that. You're 80 years old. <laughs> Derek, you just rolled your eyes all the way in the back of your head. So I'll let you go next. Uh, Nate Evaldi, how many bucks do you give? It's a three at best. At best a three. Because here's why. Nathan Evaldi could have came back. The Red Sox gave him three a three-year deal. The Rangers only gave him two years guaranteed. And the Red Sox gave him more money than the Rangers did. And you know what he did? He said, oh, I'm going to test the market. Then by the time he originally goes, oh, maybe now I'll sign with the Red Sox. The Red Sox were like, nope, we moved on from you. It, because but once Bogarts left, they weren't going to go over the luxury tax. So the plan switched from keeping him and... Having and bringing back Bogarts and getting Valdi as soon as Bogarts left, they're like, you know what, we're flipping, we're going a different direction. We need to stay under the luxury tax, so we can't bring back Valdi. So in that sense, he he could have been back had he signed early in the off season. He would be here right now. We and we probably wouldn't have Corey Kluber. But guess what? That that's on him. He didn't, he didn't want to take a deal, and he ended up getting less money for it. So guess what? That's what you get. You got less money. Cool. You're in Texas, your home state. Good for you. But at the same time. They lost out on some money. So I hope it goes well for you, but and it's nice to see you're pitching well, but I don't really care. You could have came back if you wanted and you chose not to. So too bad. Luke. I'm with Derek. Three bucks. Uh I don't say at a max. I don't say oh, oh max so it's a th- it's a three bucks. No, I give three solid bucks. Uh he'd be great to have this year if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. Now, it, yeah, he's kicking butt on May 18th. It's, look, this guy, he wasn't worth the risk of a three-year deal, in my opinion. I'm glad he turned it down. I think he turned down that deal because he's from Texas and he wanted to play in Arlington. I think that's all that was. Um, but, yeah, he, he, you know, he, you know, waffled back and forth. Oh, yeah, maybe I'll take that deal, but I'm going to test the market. And he wanted to come back. Even even after they we the Red Sox broke his heart by by uh, cutting his favorite catcher the the guy with like the minus eighteen WAR Kevin Ploiecki, um, look he was here for four years he pitched two full years out of four and I'm not just talking an I a ten day IL stint here and there mostly because there weren't ten day IL stints for most of that time but he's he 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 missed significant time in two of those four years. He pitched two full years here, and one of those years was a 60-game year because of COVID. So, I mean, he wasn't worth the extent—he wasn't worth the three-year uh, deal, in my opinion. And he'd be great to have this year because there's so, so much kind of blah in the rotation so far this season, but— I didn't see him as a long-term guy. He's got two Tommy John surgeries. Who knows what he's, what else is, is going to happen to him? And I want to see my, I want to see a rotation next year of Chris Sale, Brian Bayo, Garrett Whitlock, one of either Cutter Crawford or Shane Drohan, and one of 
Julio Urias or Shohei Otani. So Nathan Avaldi was, <laughs> was not in my long-term plans. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, look, I, I, I would say I, – I don't remember your exact words. But you said something along the lines of they've been wishy-washy in the rotation this year. And I think uh, being only better than Cincinnati and Oakland uh, is definitively bad uh, and not just iffy. I'll flip this right back on you because um, to keep with the fantasy perspective – I have those guys whooping cast in this week. Um, you have Michael Walker. Uh, and he uh, has a 4.06 ERA, 41 Ks, 13 walks. Uh, and it looks like he's going to pitch against us on Sunday. How many bucks do you give about Michael Walker pitching in San Diego where Red Sox players go to die? Anybody want to guess how many points Michael Waka put up against Derek earlier this week? Doesn't matter. 44. <laughs> 40, a 44-point start on Derek. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm an eight, eight bucks about Michael Waka. I, I loved Michael Waka while he was here. I really wanted him back. Advanced projections be damned. I know Derek kept pointing at his advanced metrics and saying, well, it was kind of a lucky season, more or less. Last year, he shouldn't have been nearly as good as he was. Plus, he got hurt, and I understand that. But on a one-year, I don't know what the Padres, I think the Padres gave him two years. I would have loved to have had him on a one-year deal. Um, I mean, I'd love to have Michael Waka over Corey Kluber right now. So, yeah, eight bucks. I, I I was upset when he went when the Red Sox, they didn't even really try to get him back. Walker's deal can be up to a six-year deal. I mean, I'm sorry, up to a four-year deal. I was like, It's like a a wacky deal. Yes, it's got, like, team and player options that can take it to a four-year deal. What's that guy's name? AJ Pettis-something? Pettigrew? (laughs) He's just pulling shit up. Preller. Pellin. AJ Preller. That guy is a dummy. (laughs) He's just making (laughs) Exactly. And I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on that. Yeah, I said, and I, I should say, last year wasn't, lucky's not the word. He performed above above what the numbers, the the uh, advanced metrics say he should have performed. That doesn't mean he's lucky. He just exceeded what they what the advanced numbers said he would he should have performed, which that doesn't mean he's lucky. He still pitched well last year. This year, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. He's had four good starts and four bad starts. Now, his last three starts have all been good starts. But his first five starts, four of those starts were really rough. Rough for sure. So if we're talking about in, guys in the Red Sox rotation being up and down, that's pretty much what Michael Walk has been so far this year. Up and down. He's got good starts. He's had his good starts. Had his bad starts. Overall, it's a four ERA essentially. That's kind of what I expect from him over the course of a, of a season. An ERA around the four mark may... Give or take, you know, 370 to 430, I would say. So somewhere around there, ERA rise over the course of a year. So for me, honestly, though, with the deal the Padres gave him, I don't think, considering that deal, that's like a one for me because that deal is the dumbest deal I've ever seen. You're giving Michael Walker four years. Four years. Like he wasn't going to come back. When Blake Snell gets hurt, Preller's going (laughs) to go up to Nolan Ryan. And be like, hey, I'll give you five years, Nolan. You still got the heater? You still got the Ryan Express? 
Dude, they gave Darvish six years. Joey, we have a one and we have an eight. So how many bucks do you give about Michael Walker? I think I give like five. I, I really liked Walker. And you know, even though he has a four ERA, he'd still probably be the best starter on this team. So, you know, we do we are we are sore without him. Um, it just seems like the Red Sox. I didn't even like. I didn't expect him to come back, though. Like I, the Red Sox, I thought made no effort, and the deal is sounds pretty terrible. Um, since it seems like we're not committed to winning anyway, you know, I, I guess it's good that we have the money freed up. But I, I would have liked Walker over Kluber. Here is our surprise, completely unrelated to starting pitching. Who gives a buck? Xander Bogarts is the talk of the town this weekend as the Red Sox uh, arrive in San Diego. Uh, listen, we, we've we've talked it a bit to death, but I feel like it's definitely it's it's hot off the press right now. And so I want to quickly hear how many bucks each of these guys give uh, as uh, we see uh, Xander face our team for the first time. Luke, I'll start with you. Um, I mean, I would say I give four bucks about Bogarts not being here only because Trevor Story got hurt and we haven't had a major league shortstop all year except a couple games Yu Chang and Pablo Reyes uh, played there. Uh, we haven't had somebody who can handle the position. But that's only because Story got hurt. Um, so it would have been nice to have him here. Screw signing him for 11 years screw signing him for eight years or anything he 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 got a great deal good for him he was not a 30 year old shortstop you don't give top shortstop money to 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 play until he's 37 or 38 or 41 or anything so it was a smart move not to bring him back but hey i would have loved to have had him um because story got hurt but look shortstop above and beyond all else is a defensive position i've said it a million times here trevor story is head and shoulders above xander bogarts as far as a defensive shortstop and i'm the guy who was always saying telling people no bogarts isn't a bad defensive shortstop he's fine story though is a much better shortstop than bogarts is and he can hit pretty well too not as well as bogarts but he can hit pretty well so because story got hurt yeah it's a four it would have been nice to have Xander Bogarts uh, this season instead of Enrique Hernandez tripping all over himself playing shortstop. Joey? Uh, I give like six bucks mostly because it is a symbol of the failure of the Bloom regime that we now have Xander coming to Fenway Park. No, they're going to Petco. Oh, I mean, we have Xander coming to play the Red Sox again. You know, it's it's just simple <laughs> failure. No, we're actually going to to him. We're and, actually we're actually picking up Fenway Park and dropping it in San Diego so he can uh, still play in Fenway. Yes, and Pete Ames been following Bogarts around for the last week. All I have to say is, I got I got I got two words for Alex Cora. Drill him. <laughs> Just send him a All message right. right out of the gate. <laughs> All right, Derek, you go quickly. Then we're gonna move on. Four hundred million dollars. Uh, oh my god! Drill him. Remove him. <laughs> oh my gosh, Derek, go. Like, like, 
totally unreal. How dare you not take the contract that was a $100 million discount? How dare you not give us a $100 million discount? What's wrong with you? Drilled. You know, <laughs> okay. Here, 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 here's Derek how much Stark, I care. Go. Here's how much I care about Xander Bogarts. It's a two. It's a, uh, it's a two. You know why? Because at the end of the day, that contract is not a good contract. And it's not going to look good. Um, Bogarts this year started the year off well. His last 25 games, he's hitting 209 with a, I think like a 650 OPS. Hasn't been great. Now, he is on a six-game hitting streak right now. Um, but that's still, including that still, the last 25 games. Like I said, he's hitting 209. Hasn't been great as of he's late. He's got two weeks until he's got two weeks until his three month dr- slump happens. So he's got to really pour it on in the next two weeks before he sucks until September. Can you imagine 41 year old Bogarts? Because he hates playing third base. You guys all remember that when they, when they made him play third he's base? He's not playing third base. Manny Machado's playing third base. He's going to be a first baseman, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. So where are they going to put him? Like, I think he, they wanted him to play first like, now, and he threw a fit about it. He's gonna think he's he thinks he's Jeter, man. Like he he really does. <laughs> Don't get loose. Uh, All right, we're gonna but, move on. Um, no, I'm Derek sorry. Uh, we're moving on. Oh, you didn't. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to add about Bogarts is he's great for the Red Sox, and obviously, it'll still be great for a few more years. But in terms of this Red Sox team and the future of this Red Sox team in the long term, I think the Red Sox will probably be better off long term without him. And if he goes to the Hall of Fame, I think he goes into the Hall as a Padre, right? Wouldn't he? He gets to choose, so it's up to him. <laughs> and and let me play devil's advocate with Derek for a bit, because Derek said, oh, the contract was awful. Let me echo the, the, the vocal, ignorant majority of Red Sox fans. He would have taken a four-year deal if you would have offered to him uh, in the spring before his free, agent, his free agency, <laughs> which no. is wrong. Because Corey Seager, who's two years older, but not nearly as good, had just gotten 10 years. Corey Seager's two years younger, but not quite as good, had just gotten a 10-year deal for $325 million. So I want to go on the record of saying Bogarts would never take in any less than eight years until he's 38, paid like a prime shortstop. I hate all of you people who insist that he was just looking to take a pocket change discount to stay in Boston because he just loves Boston so much. And we, 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 you know, we insulted him by offering, stop it, stop it. He would not take in anything close to the Trevor story deal to stay here. All right. So thank you guys very much. We're moving on. It's Dave Dombrowski's fault for giving him an opt out. First birthday of Bleacher Brawls. Joey, I believe this is where your solo comes into play. A little happy birthday, little Felice Cumpleaños. <laughs> you don't actually have to do that. In fact, you don't want don't. me to actually sing on this. Yeah, TV. thank you. Okay. Um, so I thought Isaac. A, great, <laughs> a great way to uh, celebrate our one-year anniversary of Brawling Together is to pick out the worst takes each of these three guys has ever had and uh, publicly shame them on this show. I'm going to start with Joey, who's, uh, who's who has said some wild things over the year, if not is consistent for being the most insane. Uh, and I thought about, you know, Daniel Bard is not allowed to be on the IL, but I decided actually to go with to go with Yu Chang should not be at the birth of his daughter. Would you like to Selfish defend that bastard. take? 
I don't. I didn't think so. He was gone for one day, and when he came back, Jory was like, "Yeah, that's all he gets. He gets one day. He's fighting for his life on this roster right now." <laughs> Damn right he's hey, back. All, 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 all I'm gonna have to say is, if if if, if you're on the bubble, you better be aware when your when yours is gonna pop. Ted Williams. <laughs> Ted Williams was fishing in Florida. When his wife went into labor with their first child, he was fishing in Florida. He got the call Man. saying she's going into labor. She's going into labor. Are you going to go back home? His response was, what am I, a doctor? <laughs> kept fishing. All right, Derek, you're next. Um, Derek, I thought uh, you've had plenty of bad takes over the years, but you always seem to preface them with uh this is bold or you know something along the lines of this is a hot take so you can kind of get out of it later so i'm gonna instead not go with the take and go with uh when you give yourself half credit on the baseball quizzes that i create <laughs> because you go like well i got like the right team you know i've been saying this for so long i did i yell at him about this on a podcast i'm pretty sure i think so you at least did hey, all my episode. teachers would have given me half credit, okay? I don't know what kind of school you teach at, but my teachers would have given me half credit. Yeah. No, not if you don't show up. The answer was Cal Ripken. Oh, I got Columbus. full credit when I didn't show up. The, the, uh, the, the answer is Cal Ripken. And, oh, I, I gave myself half credit because I picked Ozzy Smith, and he was the other really good shortstop from that era. Exactly. That's not something you know, he exactly like... said, but that's an example pretty close to something he would say. Well, one of my favorites, too, of Derek is when he was blaming the doctors for the Trevor Story signing. All right, Luke, you're the last one, and Luke's is actually the most recent. In fact, it, it took place in the last week, and you spent uh, thousands of words – on exclaiming that it's Kenley Jansen's fault that the Red Sox lost three games in a row. <laughs> and he yeah. ruined our team. Well, yes. Uh, he, did. <laughs> he he derailed he derailed what was a surge right then. He did. They were they had won eight games in I a row. I can't get over this. They had won eight games in a row. He comes out there, he blows it was the, it was the Atlanta game. He does anybody does anybody argue that he was selfish by throwing ninety eight miles an hour in the Atlanta game because he was all ramped up because he wanted to get his four hundred save in Atlanta because he loved the Braves growing up. I don't because know. that's why he sucked on Friday and Saturday. It's it's a narrative for sure. It's a narrative. I'll give you well, that. Wouldn't you say okay to play devil's advocate? I to play Luke's advocate. I mean, couldn't you place some of the blame on Alex Cora though for bringing him in the next day? I did. If you'd read the column, which I know you won't, I blamed Cora for Saturday. I blamed Cor- I blamed Jansen for Friday because he wore himself out and he wasn't ready, even after a day of rest on Thursday. And then I, I said, when Cora brought him out Saturday, that loss was entirely on Alex Cora. Because okay, he should have seen the writing fair. on the wall I agree, with that. I agree with that. Me and Luke. Absolutely. And as for my bad take, um, I've never had a single one. So we're going to move on to uh, – <laughs> Hold on. Uh, I was expecting nope. you to actually dig in a little bit deeper and actually <laughs> nope, give us like nope. – I thought my bad take was actually going to be something bad. I got like, one for each of you. I got one for each of you. Good. So we're not done yet. I'll go – Pat will go first. Um, go ahead. So Pat getting excited to see Bobby Dahlbeck play shortstop, saying <laughs> my shortstop, that's yours. 
Derek saying Chris Sale didn't pitch on opening day because Alex Cor- it was his birthday. Was and Alex, birthday. Cora, Alex Cora yeah, because you don't want him to, to break a leg because he's birthday. too amped up. <laughs> Alex Cora wanted him to enjoy his birthday and not have to pitch. And I got Joey. Joey's is saying that Rafael Devers wasn't very good in 2022, really took a step back as if he wasn't injured for three quarters of the season. And then after he was okay, he was fine. They were out of contention anyway, so why bother playing him? So, well, I mean, I feel like that's a totally legit take. No, he was bad. Playing hurt. I escaped this one because I was clearly joking, which somebody was somehow nobody still understands. It is okay. now time for no, I, no. I will get I will say my own worst. We are take. moving on. We are moving Wait, on. Don't miss it is my now worst time take. for Derek's minor <laughs> leaguer of the week. Okay, the from so farm to Fenway section. How go do for I mute people on are here? You insane? Are I'm you insane? I'm gonna learn how to mute people. Hold on. Where's Joey? There you are. I got it. I did it. Yourself. Okay, thank I you. I did it. Uh. It is now uh, Luke saying Nick Pavetta was the ace. From Farm to Fenway presents Derek's Minor Leaguer of the Week. Derek, you, you have that, 60 Joey. seconds, uh, an uninterrupted 60 seconds to talk about whoever you want to talk about and award Minor Leaguer of the Week. Who is it? So for this week, I think my Minor Leaguer of the Week is a somewhat easy choice. I'm going with Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, last week, he went 10 for 24 with a double and three homers. And I truly believe he they wouldn't have moved for Pablo Reyes. They would have just called up Ryan Fitzgerald had he not hit left-handed. His The thing that's holding him back is just because he hits left-handed. He was injured last year, played most of last year injured, and it kind of hurt his numbers. Um, but this year, he's healthy. And he's a guy where... I don't know if he'll end up making the big leagues in Boston. I think the hitting lefty thing's really going to hurt him. But he's a big leaguer somewhere. Somewhere he's a big leaguer. It might not be till next year. I think he's actually going to be a free agent after this year. So the Red Sox, unless unless the Red Sox can prove to him that they have plans for him, they would have he can elect free agency. Um, but for Fitzgerald, I think this is a big year for him. I think he will. He's been doing well in AAA so far. He will continue to do well. Um, it sucks that he's on the Red Sox, but it's also it's just hard because he hits lefty. But he's a big leaguer somewhere, can play all over the field, and he will find a spot on a big league roster sometime in the in sometime soon in the next year or so. He'll find a spot on a big league roster somewhere. We are going to end tonight by playing the. Actionary. I want my soapbox. I want my soapbox. No, the return of the actionary. Uh, Derek uh, has never lost a round of the actionary, so we're going to see if uh, other Derek or Luke uh, can finally win one tonight. Uh, tonight has a theme, so perhaps maybe you can uh, figure out some of the later answers if you can figure out the theme. Okay, it's best of three, which I suppose could be in a three-way tie, but I don't actually care who wins. Uh, and also remember, Jeopardy rules. I have to finish the question before you're allowed to jump in with your answer. First one has to do with our old friend Xander Bogarts. There are plenty. Xander, uh, Eck quotes. He was a big fan, as we know Jerry Remy was. Uh, but this one's about some defense. He has to make a spectacular play. And Eck says, that was a little blank piece, wasn't it? Little jump throw. He had to get rid of it. What player is he referring to in Jeter. the blink? Let me Ah, it's Jeter. Yes. That's a little Derek Jeter piece, wasn't it? Little jump throw. He had to get rid of it. All right, Luke has a point. I have a rules question. Okay. 
don't you don't we have to wait until you fully finish asking the question? I, I had, you know, I was going to repeat it so that you made. He was, so he it had said the matter. quote. Oh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. All right, that's that's I, fair. I, I was being unfair because I was repeating it. I'm I'm going to give Luke that one. All right, second one. He says, "These are the hairy guys that can leave Earth." Who is he referring to? These are the hairy guys that can leave Earth. Everybody gets one. Can I get a can I get a hint? No. It's I'm sorry, it no, is one you can't get a hint. It is one person. That's the hint. So I'll let Luke try again, because it's just one person. Vlad Guerrero Jr. No. Vlad Guerrero Sr. No. Derek or other Derek? Vlad Guerrero the <laughs> third. I'm sure there will be. Five. Question: Four. Would it have something to do with like the like three kid are coming two. up or something like that, or the middle of the order coming up? It's a person. He does not stop. Joey, do you have a guess? I think I have a guess. Go. Is it that time Pat said Magic Johnson was better better than Larry? Because <laughs> <laughs> that really pissed me off. I remember that. Is that my worst? That's take of the Joey's year? worst take. That's Joey's worst take. <laughs> As Larry Bird was better than Magic Johnson. Okay, can I take a Okay, can I take Larry a guess Bird. on one player then? Because I'm guessing no, it's a little up. old. The no, correct answer I... is Luke Voigt. Oh, Luke Voigt yeah. he was referring to. No okay, maybe we're that. sensing Remember a bit of a theme here, folks. Okay. Last one. Yankees, right? Yankees. Last one. This guy's oh. a punch out waiting to happen. Who? Gary Sanchez. Hicks. No. No. <laughs> Aaron Hicks. That's hilarious. He is. Derek, the last guess. Oh, God, don't put this on you me. You don't get it right. Luke wins the dictionary this week. I don't like this. Um, hmm. If he doesn't get it, I want to guess again for exhibition purposes. Won't count. Five. Hold on, start talking Yankees. Okay, can, you re- can, you re- can you reread the quote, please? I actually forgot it. I'm being okay, serious. I'm read I forgot it, and the then I'm gonna, I'll, Eric, I'll give you the quote. Your gamesmanship is disgusting. But then I'm immediately going to count down from three, okay? This guy's a punch out waiting to happen. Three, two, one. Stan. No. Correct answer. Luke, do you know? That would have been my guess with Stanton. No, it guess. was Joey Gallo. Oh so that sucks. You, oh, you I'm ashamed think... for all three of us. That should have been the easiest one ever. So in the you, you could think that with Luke I forgot he played Gallo. for the Yankees. He was that bad. I forgot he played right, for listen. them. Listen, you could think with Luke Voigt, Joey Gallo, and Derek Jeter, the theme was Yankees. But in fact, tonight, on our first birthday of Bleacher Brawls, the theme was oh. Luke, Joey, and Derek. Bleacher Brawls contributors' names. Look at that. Yes, there you go. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't like that. <laughs> Stupid. Let's sit on that one for four He doesn't days. like it because Derek spells his name, Derek Jeter spells <laughs> his name the way it's supposed to be spelled. That was no, like that's a shower not thought true. I had the other day. <laughs> All right, we're wrapping up because we're running over the hour mark. So we talked about a lot tonight, folks. Starting pitchers, seeing the Padres this weekend, our old friends, Xander Bogarts, lots of old friends uh, this week. It was a fun show. Uh, we're going to catch up with you again on the Rivalry Show on Sunday. We're going to talk a little Yankees on that episode as well. This episode comes out every Thursday night, Friday morning, wherever you find your podcast. Hopefully you've already rated us five stars and left us a nice review as the ambulance drives by my door. Um uh, what else? Uh, Omar. YouTube. Omar's coming. TikTok. 
BleacherBrawls.com. Lots of fun stuff going on over there. I have a column in three days. I don't know what it's going to be. I have no ideas. Um, I so... have a column tomorrow. I have no idea what it is. Oh, great. I have a column Lots that of... went up Wednesday, so check that out. Oh, yes. Yes, there you go. <laughs> and I have another one coming up next week, too. My my column will be ready soon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it is never going to happen right. with Joey. It'll be late. One day I'm just going gonna... to submit a magnum opus. It's going to be like... <laughs> 300 pages. Oh, we would love that. Um, we could split manifesto. up in chunks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's all we got, folks. Uh, reach out to us in our Twitter uh, links down below. We'd love to hear from you. But otherwise, we will see you next week on the show. Signing off for everybody. My name is Pat. Uh, for Derek and Luke and other Derek, uh, thank <laughs> you guys. And I got to figure out how to do this. I think I know how Pat, to game. hit the outro. But I wanna fall in. All right, folks, that's the latest episode of Bleacher Brawls. Thanks for tuning in, for rating us five stars, and leaving us a nice review. And don't forget to check us out on BleacherBrawls.com, on YouTube, and on Twitter.